Tonight, we are going to start a two-week series, a brand new two-week series uh, called Spoiler Alert. And this series, Spoiler Alert, is about Old Testament prophecies that came true in the New Testament. And so uh, we are going to begin tonight um, by talking about um, prophecies about Jesus' crucifixion, about the death of Jesus, and how they came true in the New Testament. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture from the book of Isaiah. And uh, if you have a Bible, I encourage you to grab your Bible and turn to Isaiah 53. And that's where we're going to be primarily. But we're also going to flip over to Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27, and a little bit after that. But for right now, I want you to grab your Bible, turn to Isaiah 53. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can use a Bible app on your phone like Bible Gateway or Version. Those are two great Bible apps you can use. Or you can use the GFCC app. We have our own app here at GFCC. If you go to your app store and search for GFCC, you can download it in a matter of seconds, and you can follow along with the sermon notes. You can get uh, text notifications about the things that we do around here. You can also uh, give your tithes and offerings and read the bulletin and newsletters, all kinds of stuff you can do with the app. So let me kind of set the stage for it. Well, let me kind of tell you about where we're going. This week, we're talking about a spoiler alert about Old Testament prophecies concerning the death of Jesus. Next week, we're going to look at Old Testament prophecies regarding the resurrection of Jesus as we celebrate Easter. Again, four services, Saturday, four o'clock, five, 30, Sunday, 9, 30, and 11. Uh, oh, and I didn't, I, I forgot the best thing about next weekend. Food. Food is coming back Saturday night after 5.30 service. We're going to have food. And Sunday morning before the 9.30 service at 8.30, we're going to have breakfast. So, hey, we're going to have food. I mean, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead. Sure, but we're going to have food. No, totally kidding. It's all about Jesus, right? Amen. Jesus liked to eat. We should eat too. So, um, but... Uh, so we're going to have those four services next weekend. And then after Easter, we're going to start a four-week series on, on a biographical series on the life of Elijah, the greatest prophet of Israel. And we're going to talk about the life of Elijah and what it means to stand up for God when everyone around you is bowing down to idols. So we're going to talk about what it means to stand up for God when everyone around you is bowing down to idols. Now we'll do that for four weeks in the month uh, to finish out the month of April and the beginning of May. So uh, I really look forward to that. I've always wanted to do a series on the life of Elijah, and his life is fascinating. So I think you're going to enjoy that a lot. So tonight we're in Isaiah 53, and let me set the stage for you a little bit. Isaiah, the prophet, prophesied about 700 to 750 years before Jesus was even born. So about 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah comes on the scene, and he prophesies about the Assyrians. You've all heard of the Assyrians? All right, the kingdom of Assyria. The Assyrians were going to come in uh, hundreds of years later, uh, and they were going to conquer the, uh, the land of Israel. They were going to conquer and destroy Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel. They, were gonna, they laid waste to Samaria, which is between Israel and Judah, and they also destroyed much of Judah as well. And so the, the Assyrian, God told his people, because of your idolatry, because of your sins, you are going to be conquered by the Assyrians. And he prophesied about it through uh, the prophet Isaiah. Okay, so we get to Isaiah 53, and this is a passage known as the suffering servant. It's a prophecy about the death of Jesus and the coming of the Messiah who would suffer on behalf of his people. We're going to start in verses 4 through 6. Isaiah wrote, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him 
punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There's an interesting little historical tidbit about the Assyrian Empire. If there were omens, if they they discovered there were omens about impending doom for their king, they would take their king off the throne and they would appoint a substitute king. Now, the substitute was of no importance. Nobody special. Could have been you, me, anybody. You're going to be king because impending doom is going to happen to our king. They would take the king and they would hide him for a period of about 100 days. So they would hide the king. And this substitute, this unimportant nobody, would sit on the throne for 100 days or so. And then, after the 100 days was over and the danger was believed to have passed, they would kill the substitute king. Because they, they believed that their gods wanted the king to die. So they had to kill the substitute for their king to live. Now, Jesus... It's the king of kings. And we read here in Isaiah this prophecy about a suffering servant, a substitute king who would suffer for the sins of others. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, Isaiah wrote. That instead of being punished, we get peace. He was, he took up our pain. He was pierced for our transgressions, for the sins that we committed. He was crushed for our iniquities. Every single one of us, like sheep, have gone astray, Isaiah says. And the Lord has laid on him our sins. Jesus was no ordinary substitute. He took our place. We keep going. Verse, verses 8 through 10. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Isaiah says that he was cut off from the land of the living, and it was the transgressions of the people that he was punished for. We read in there about the death and the burial of Jesus. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Jesus was buried in a rich man's tomb. Joseph of Arimathea. We'll see that. And what does it say about him? He had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. In other words, Jesus 
this suffering servant never sinned in any way. He never sinned. Yet, because of our sins, he suffered. It was because of our sins that he was pierced, that he was wounded, that he was killed, that he was punished. Because of our sins. The Lord has laid on him our sins, the sins of us all, the sins of the whole world. Laid on the perfect, sinless body of Jesus Christ. Again, he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Jesus never sinned in any way. Never a sinful word, never a sinful thought, never a sinful action. Jesus was perfect. The perfect human sacrifice who could take our place and take the punishment that we deserve. We keep going, verses 11 and 12. This is a promise of resurrection. We'll talk about this next week. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. We are justified by this righteous servant. And he will bear their iniquities. He bore our sins. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great. And he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death. And was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. He interceded on our behalf. Jesus took our punishment. And he took our place. We deserve the cross. We deserve death. We deserve the punishment that Jesus took on our behalf. Because of our sins that Jesus died. He was perfect. Never sinned in any way. And yet, he willingly laid down his life for you and me. I want to switch gears and go to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 27 is where we're going to be. Matthew 27 We get to uh, Matthew 27, verse 38. It says, two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him, for he said, I am the son of God. They mocked him. They made fun of him. Psalm 22 is a psalm written by David. It was written over a thousand years before Jesus was born. A thousand years and in Psalm 22, verses 6 through 8, we read this. I am a worm and not a man, is what David wrote. Scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. 
He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Do you see? A thousand years before Jesus was crucified, a thousand years before Jesus is on the cross, a thousand years before this Friday in Jerusalem, David wrote these words all about what was going to happen to his great, 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 great grandson, Jesus. A thousand years. And David says, this is what it's going to be like. Now, David was writing about his own situation. But the words came true about Jesus. I want to back up just a minute because I skipped over a part. <laughs> Matthew 27, 35 through 37. It says, When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Now notice, we see there that um, Jesus is crucified. They pierced his hands and his feet. They nailed him to the cross. Crucifixion was so painful that they came up with a word to describe it, to describe the pain. It's excruciating. The word excruciating literally means out of the cross. That's, that's some intense pain right there. That they made up a brand new word to describe the suffering that happened. Now crucifixion, when David wrote Psalm 22, when David wrote Psalm 22, crucifixion hadn't even been invented yet. Yet a thousand years later, here's Jesus hanging on the cross, hung between two criminals. Crucifixion was reserved for the worst of the worst criminals. The worst of the worst. And sure enough, David wrote about it in Psalm 22, verses 16 through 18. He says, dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Again, crucifixion hadn't even been invented yet. And then he says, all my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. Again, a thousand years before these events happen, we see them take place in the life of Jesus. We see them take place in the death of Jesus on the cross. We keep going in Matthew's gospel. We get to verse 44. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. From noon until three in the afternoon... Darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a, in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those, when some of those standing there heard this, heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Back to Psalm 22, verse 1. David begins the psalm with these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? Have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever felt, God, where are you? You are in good company. You're in good company because Jesus himself, the son of God, hanging on the cross, questions where God is. Where are you? Why have you forsaken me? If you have ever felt forsaken by God, if you have ever felt like God has left you alone, twisting in the wind, if you have ever felt like God is far away and that God is distant and you have questioned God, you have, you have doubted his existence, you have doubted his presence, I want you to know that you are in good company. Jesus himself, hanging on the cross, quotes his great, 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 great grandfather, David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is dying on the cross in agony and excruciating pain, and he's crying out for his daddy. He's nowhere to be found. And if you have ever felt alone or abandoned, if you have ever felt so lonely that you cry out to God, where are you? You are in good company. Because when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was crying out to his heavenly father. He was crying out for his daddy. And he didn't answer. And Jesus gave up his spirit died on the cross. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, the apostle Peter said, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. It is by his wounds you have been healed. He quotes Isaiah 53, that Jesus himself bore our sins. Every single sin you have ever committed, every single sin you will ever commit, every single word, thought, action, deed, whatever it is that you've done, whatever it is you haven't done, the good things that you haven't done that you should do, the bad things you have done that you shouldn't do, God, has he saw them all and he put them on his son on the cross. He died for every single one of us because we're all sinners and we have all sinned in so many ways. Romans chapter 3 is a great chapter that talks about our sinfulness. It talks about who we really, really are. Romans chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 says this. As it is written, he's quoting the Psalms, there is no one righteous. Not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good. Not even one. We're all bad. Every single one of us is a sinner. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. There's no difference. Jew, Gentile, male, female, young, old, black, white, brown, yellow, red, green, purple, polka dotted. We're all sinners. 
we're all sinners and we've all sinned in so many ways. Even on the way to church tonight. When you leave here, some of you are going to sin on the way home. We're all sinners. We've all sinned. And that's a pretty sobering reality, right? Because we like to think that people are pretty good. People are capable of doing good things. Paul says there's no one righteous, not even one. Oh, I mean, we can do some, I mean, we can do nice things, right? Random acts of kindness, we do those, right? There's no one righteous. There's no one good enough for God. And the only righteous one was killed by unrighteous people. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, Jesus didn't say, okay, world, tell you what, when you clean up your act, when you get your act together, I'll go to the cross and die for you. Jesus didn't say, when you stop sinning in this way or stop sinning in that way, when you stop sinning, I'll go to the cross and die for you. When, when you figure it all out, when you get it all figured out, I'll go to the cross and die for you. Jesus didn't say that. No, the truth of the matter is, the hero died for you when you were a villain. The hero died for you when you were a villain. In the movies, we love movies, don't we? Hero movies, superhero movies. We love them. Marvel Universe, DC Comics, Star Wars, all kinds of superhero movies. And hero stories. The heroes sometimes die. Right? But the heroes don't die for the villains. A hero will sometimes sacrifice his life for the good of humanity. A hero will sacrifice his life for a noble cause. What kind of a hero dies for the bad guy? Jesus. Jesus died for the bad guys. And we're all bad guys. We're all wearing the black cowboy hats. Jesus is the hero. And we're the villains. It is our sin. It is our sinfulness that makes us villains. It is our sinfulness that caused Jesus to die. And the good news of this story is the hero died for the villains. And we we can be made righteous even though we are so unrighteous. 
we can be declared right with God because of what Jesus did. Because of the righteous one dying, the unrighteous ones can live. Because the, un, because the righteous one died, the unrighteous can live. If you will put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you will believe in him, believe that he's the son of God, your savior, if you will repent from your sinful ways and turn to God for forgiveness, he'll forgive you. If you will acknowledge your faith by confessing Jesus as Savior and Lord, if you will acknowledge your faith, if you will get baptized, God's going to wash away all your sins. He is going to declare you right with him. He is going to declare you righteous. He is going to make you righteous. He is going to cleanse you. He is going to purify you. He is going to justify you. He is going to wash you clean in the blood of his son, his only son. The hero died for the villains so that the, so that the villains could come to God. The hero died for the bad guys. And we're all the bad guys. But we can be made into good guys. And you know what the amazing thing about Jesus is? You know what the, the amazing thing about Jesus is? The hero would do it again. The hero would do it all over again. If it required another sacrifice, Jesus would come and he'd make that sacrifice. If, if Jesus had to do it again to save just one more person, if, if, if you were the only one who wasn't covered by the first sacrifice, he would make another one for you. If you were the only one who needed saving, he would do it for you. If you were the only sinner on earth, Jesus would have come and died for you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he wants you to be in heaven with him forever. That's how much he wants you to experience freedom and forgiveness that comes through him. The hero would do it all over again. Good news is he doesn't have to. Book of 1 Peter says that Jesus died once for all. It only required the one sacrifice. You can't do a thing to add to it. You can't do a thing to add to his sacrifice. You can't do a thing to add to your salvation. That when God forgives your sins, they are forgiven. Past, present, and future. When God forgives your sins, you are washed clean you are justified and it is as if you have never sinned at all when god sees you he sees his son jesus the book of galatians says that when we who are baptized into christ have been baptized in his death and we are clothed with christ like you put on new clothes like jesus covers you with himself and so that when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees Jesus in his perfect righteousness, in his ability to keep the law. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough for it. This salvation is yours by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone.
This series is called Spoiler Alert. We, we see spoiler alerts when we see a movie and then we tell somebody else the outcome or the ending of it. We'll try to warn them. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, my friends. The hero died for the villains. But you'll want to tune in to the continuing adventures of our hero. Because next week, there's another spoiler alert coming.